I'm wondering, are you at peace? I'd prefer to you to think about it. <laughs> but that's a good start. I knew we were going to have this series. I knew I was going to ask that question. So I decided I would ask it of myself. And I would pay attention to how I processed. And I, I want to share with you some things that cross my mind. And I'm wondering if they're going to cross your mind too. The first thing I thought about uh, was the pace of my life, uh, activity, stuff to do. And I'll be honest and say, when, when I consider that area of my life, I don't think it makes me feel at peace. There are moments. Like I have, I have to get up and cook breakfast, and so I have 15 minutes where no phone, no music, no anything. It's just me, um, quiet. That can feel peaceful. I have times where I'm talking with God. Those can feel peaceful. There are um, times where I'm, I'm trying to practice a Sabbath, Friday night into Saturday. That can feel peaceful. But as a whole, like I, I even get home in the evening and I'm tired and that doesn't feel peaceful. I just feel tired. I just feel whooped. And um, on vacation, I realized as I was processing this, that can feel peaceful at first you get a little bored, but you're tired and you don't care. But as soon as you start to get your battery recharged, I kind of miss the pace if I'm being honest. I want to get back at it. And so there's something weird where I'm looking at my life and going, well, the pace that I keep doesn't necessarily lead to peace, but I like it. And I'd rather have that than not. Have you thought about it? the pace of your life, when I asked you, are you at peace? Maybe, maybe you didn't think about that. Maybe you thought of something else. Um, I asked the question, this is the second thing that came into my mind, am I having a conflict with anybody? Are you? I mean, the word conflict is big. And if you're paying attention in the news right now, there's wars going on all over the place, and you know those people are not experiencing anything related to peace. But for most of us, the, ma the majority of us, we'll never experience anything like that. But I've found that it takes quite a bit less than that to disrupt my peace. Is anybody mad at you? Is anybody gossiping about you? Is anybody giving you a cold shoulder. Like you can't even figure out what they're mad about. Are you having arguments? Family, homework, that kind of stuff is taking place where there just kind of seems to be nitpicking back and forth. And those kind of conflicts, when they happen, nobody says, I feel at peace. You're on pins and needles, you kind of sick to your stomach about what's happening. But a sense of peace, I, I looked at my life, I didn't, like there are moments when those kind of things happen. There are arguments that I have with my wife about how much she talks in church. Um, <laughs> but they don't, they don't stay around. Like they're, they're, not, they're not peace robbing. They're, um, and so I was like, I, I don't think conflict is, 
an area where I'm struggling. I'm, I'm wondering if it is for you, though. The last thing that came to my mind that I started evaluating was the circumstances of my life. <sighs> I hate moving. I hate everything about it. The packing, the deciding what you're going to throw away, and wondering why in the world it's in your house in the first place, right? The loading stuff up to take the goodwill and then preventing your wife from unloading the stuff that you're trying to take the goodwill. That's not peaceful. <laughs> Literally, I had a load of stuff in my truck ready to go to goodwill and I found her out there going, oh no, you don't. And I know, I know if I had left 15 minutes earlier, every one of those items she would have never missed for the rest of her life. It's true. In fact, I'm guaranteeing she doesn't even remember what she took out of the back of the truck. But I'm just saying, the whole process, like the lugging stuff around, the, the throwing stuff out and the decisions about that, remaining happily married in the process, it's not peaceful. And, and I didn't have a sense of peace in that area. I'm wondering when I asked you if you were at peace, if a circumstance that you're involved with came to mind. Now, I'm asking this because the season of peace, right? God sets out to change the story for mankind. And on a hillside in Israel, he sends a whole group of angels to announce to some shepherds what he's up to. And listen to what is said. This is in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. The angels declare glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I mean, initially, this idea would cause people to go, I can't believe God's doing this. He's incredible. It's marvelous. It's outstanding. Unbelievable. He's going to get glory for whatever is about to happen. People are going to marvel at what he's doing. What is he doing? He's sending a son. He's wrapping him in human flesh. But he's going to let him retain the very nature of God, and he's going to walk among us. This is going to change the story. And there's an outcome. There's a very particular outcome that gets pointed to from the heavens that day. On earth, there would be peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace for us. Pretty cool that God reveals his intention for our lives in that little tidbit. That's what he wants to see happen. But I will have you note that it appears to be conditional. The peace would be on those whom God's favor rested. And therein lies the problem for many of us. Because when you look at the list of things that you might evaluate when you're trying to determine if you're at peace or not, when you think about the pace of your life, the conflicts that you're in, the circumstances that you're currently facing, you can look at that stuff and wonder, 
Does this question ever come to your mind? Does God really favor me? I mean, if God is my friend, then why do I have all of this garbage happening in my life right now? Why do I have this financial strain that I'm facing? Why do I have this emotional upheaval and I'm dealing with this anxiety or depression? Why shouldn't, shouldn't my life be going a little easier if he was passing out peace? But I don't feel it. And so it leads me to wonder, I wonder, am I? Am I at peace? Maybe. Maybe. God doesn't favor me. Maybe God's forgotten me. Or worse, is there any chance that God doesn't like me? Because he withdrawn his hand because I'm looking at the garbage that I'm facing right now and I'm wondering why. And I'm wondering why because it doesn't seem like I qualify for this peace that was promised. Which got me thinking. Uh, I'm, I'm in a Bible study on Wednesday nights with a group of guys, and we're reading through the book of Acts right now. And there is a pattern in that book that is unsettling. It goes like this. The Apostle Paul walks into a community to tell them about Jesus, and initially, everything goes well. But it will not take long, and pretty soon, he's going to be running for his life, he's going to be dragged before a court, he's going to get beaten somehow or thrown in jail. All of those things or none of those, like it's all going to happen or just one or two. But it happens over and over again. Let me give you some examples, Okay. This is Acts chapter 14, verse 5. Paul and Barnabas are sharing Jesus in a community. This is what happens. There was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. This is an assassination plot. They're going to kill them. What happens? Verse 6. But they found out about it and fled to Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding country. This, my friends, is the pace of life for Paul. Go read. He is on the move all the time, and it's not just that he's on the move. There's a couple times he stays in cities a couple years at a time where it's safe. Most of his life, he is on the run for the sake of his life while he's trying to communicate the gospel to people. That's his life. If you were trying to find Peace in the pace of life for Paul's story, you can have a hard time finding it. What about conflict? Do you have any of that? Ooh, yeah. He's, he's good at this. So in chapter 16, he and Silas have entered a city. They're sharing Jesus with people. And this woman who is possessed by a demon starts following them around. There are some people who are making money off of her because she has the ability to know things and to say things that others don't like, have access to. 
And she starts following Paul around and saying this. This is verse, uh, what, 17 of chapter 16. These men are servants of the Most High God. Um, Yeah. So these men are servants of the Most High God is what she said. And she started repeating it over and over while he was trying to communicate, right? And you can imagine how annoying that might become. Maybe you don't even have to imagine it. Maybe you can experience it, right? Now, I want you to understand. Look at verse 18. This went on for many days. Yeah, it's been less than two minutes, and I'm already annoyed. (laughs) These guys are putting up with this for two days, but at least she's being polite about it, right? Because, Because in the text, the lady was shouting. And these guys are trying to talk about Jesus to people. And this is becoming really disruptive. And so, out of frustration, he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And there was finally silence. And you would think that there would be some sort of reward for freeing somebody who was in that kind of position. I, I'm, I mean... For the life of me, I can't figure out why Paul waited many, many days, except there were people making money off of that person. And as soon as that ability went away, they became angry. And he traded an annoyance for an angry mob. And I'm telling you, conflict followed him everywhere. Everywhere he went. It's not just a little conflict, it's a lot. And if you were trying to examine Paul's life, and the criteria was, there's no conflict, that way you can be at peace, you're not going to find it with this guy. What about circumstances? Well, let's back, back up to chapter 14. There are horrible circumstances He left the city to escape the stoning, right? He's in a different town. And this is what happens in verse 19 of chapter 14. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. They actually pulled it off. And he's obviously concussed because they think he's dead. Otherwise, they would have kept throwing rocks at him. Can you hear the conversation? Oh, Ezekiel, you nailed him in the head. I think you got him good. Let's get out of here, right? We killed him. He's dead. Let's go. This this is Paul's life. And back in 16, again, he just freed somebody from a demon possession. And the owners are upset, but they don't stop there. Look at what happens in verse 22. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. (laughs) I mean, this is serious. And it's not over. Verse 23. After they had been severely flogged, 
they were thrown into prison, which is exactly the place that you want to go after you've been messed up pretty bad because that's a good place to heal, right? Prison. This, this is Paul's life. His circumstances over and over and over again are horrible. And we're not comparing. I don't think it's helpful. It's not, it's not fair to go, well, what are your circumstances? They're not as bad as Paul, so no big deal. Look, when circumstances are bad, they're awful. But you, you have to admit, these are pretty bad for Paul. Which brings the question up. See, you got to keep in mind... This is all happening after some angels declared about the coming of Jesus that there would be peace on those whom God's favor rested. And I'm here to tell you, if anybody would qualify for the favor of God, it had to be the Apostle Paul. Had to be. The man is sticking his neck out for the kingdom of God. And yet if you're using the criteria that we often use to assess whether we're at peace or not, you would have to ask yourself, where is it in Paul's life? Would you find it anywhere? Well, drop down just a few verses. He's in jail. He's been beaten. And this is verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. (laughs) Uh, That always makes me laugh. That is the very definition of a captive audience. What else were they going to do, right? They couldn't, like they had to listen. There was nothing else. There were other options. They could try to ignore it, I guess. But here's here's what's odd. Paul and Silas are now acting like men who are at peace. And you want to know something weird? It's also a repeating part of the story. You'll find it over and over and over again. He's singing. He's praying. He's still witnessing. He's praising God. He's in a jail, having been beat. And he's acting like a man at peace. And when I say a man at peace... I'm, I'm telling you, I, read his story. You will not be able to find places where Paul is living based on fear. You're not going to find him consumed by doubt. You won't even find worry. Like he's not worried about stuff that you think he should be worried about. Like over and over again, he's not depressed. You just got beat for doing a good thing and you're in jail. If anybody should feel sorry for themselves, it's you right now, Paul. Doesn't do that. Why? That's the question I had. Why? How is it that this is happening? Because it appears to me that when the angel stood on that hill and said, peace would be on those who are favored by God, it appears to be true. So what does Paul understand that maybe I haven't? And as I read his story, I came to the conclusion that he had three things on his mind that allowed him to respond this way. 
Um, the first was he actually believed he was favored by God. He believed that. How do I know that? Because he would walk into a community and he would tell people about Jesus. This is not the story of Paul early in his life. His name was Saul initially, and what he was good at was hunting down Christians, putting them in jail, and killing some of them. But Jesus met him, turned his life around, and he started in a different direction. And that different direction caused him to understand that I'm favored by God. Like, you, you cared about me. You, you sought me out. I understand that I don't have to have no conflict, good circumstances, an easy pace of life. In fact, here's what I understand that I have. I understand that I'm loved. I understand that I'm forgiven. I understand that I have hope. All of which I didn't have before until you sought me out and gave me this life. Paul knew he was favored by God because God had rescued him. And my friends, it's just that simple at times. Do you need any more evidence of how favored you are because God chose to rescue you? You're favored. You're loved. It's not just that. There was, um, there's something that happens uh, throughout all of Paul's writings. It's repeated over and over. It's not just that he was rescued. He was given a new identity too. He has now a connection with God that he didn't have before. Do you know why he hunted down and killed Christians for a long time? Because he wanted to be righteous enough to be good with God. And now he knew he was and this is the way he would write about it in lots of his other epistles. You're part of God's family. Do you know that? You're a son. You're a daughter. You've been adopted. It's not that you're on the outside looking in. You're part of the family. And that connection with God can't be severed by somebody who's mad at you or bad circumstances or ugly pace of life. You can choose to withdraw from God. But he's always available for you. Why? Because he's family. And he treats you like that. It was because of this sense of family that he understood the third thing to be true. He understood that God was with him now. See, when Paul was stoned, he wasn't alone. When he was beaten... He wasn't alone. When he was in jail, he knew the Holy Spirit was there with him. He wasn't doing any of this stuff out on an island by himself. He was surrounded by the very presence of God, which allowed him in that prison cell to raise his hand and sing. Why? I'm not alone. I know I've not been abandoned. I know the truth. It doesn't matter what it looks like to everybody else. It doesn't matter how it feels in this moment. I know what's true. And because of it, he was able to be a man who acted with peace. 
in the middle of a life that should have had none. Uh, band, if you would come up here, you're going to help me in just a minute. See, the only reason you wouldn't be experiencing a sense of peace right now, the only reason that could exist, is if you've not chosen to follow Jesus in the first place. Which I'm going to ask you, why, why, why have you not? What are you waiting for? The offer is, you know what? My favor would rest on you, but it's not an automatic thing. It's a gift that's offered, and you have to receive it. And if you choose not to receive it, the benefits don't flow. And so if you've decided, I'm going to do life my way, I don't really care about God, I don't care about what he says, I don't care about what he thinks, then your opportunity to have a life full of peace will disappear. But many of you have chosen to follow God. And, and the goal for you is not to somehow grab on to peace. It's to remember that you already have it. See, I asked you when this all started if you were at peace. It's actually the wrong question. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, the question I should have asked you is are you still at peace? Because your peace was settled a long time ago. When a sacrifice was made for you, and God brought you into the family, and now is present with you. He's with you right now. And that sense of presence is yours to always have. And the only question is, is there anything that disrupts that? Is there anything that has your attention ahead of what God has done for you? Because peace is available for you, just like it was for Paul. I found this song as I was getting ready for this series and I was listening to it in October. I had it in the car. And my wife knows that I don't like Christmas music. And she's like, is this a Christmas song? Like I was ill or something. And um, it's probably the right thing to do. She should check on that. And I was like, yes, it is. But the message of this song is something I think we need to hear year round. So as you're considering if there's anything disrupting your peace, if there's anything that's getting in the way of you experiencing the peace that God said would be available for you, I hope you'll take this song into your heart and that it will move you like it has done for me.